listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. So what have we seen, everybody? I saw some shit. What did you see, I Roxy? Seen it. <laughs> I seen it! Can you describe the color and texture of um, the shit that you've seen? Anybody want a Snickers? <laughs> I feel like that's actually a very insightful question. We'll know what's going on with Roxy's body when she tells yeah. us. Imagine a meatloaf <laughs> shot at a wall by a cannon <laughs> and then just punctuated with corn. Very Love delicately. Delicately. It so, broke through the wall. Did David, if, David, <laughs> I, I, if anyone narrate the consistency of my poops, it would be either Sean or David Attenborough. Like, oh circa God. planet Earth. You know, as Roxy places her feet upon the squatty potty that she has purchased. I actually have I actually have to say this. So I was at we were at a game night last night and we played this game Utter Nonsense. And it's basically like Cards Against Humanity, but with accents and you read these you read these lines in a certain accent. Tell me someone did Dave Nambro. There's something that's derivative from Cards Against Humanity already. So uh, this game is awesome. So the card was Thespian. And so I was like, oh, naturally, I'm going to do this as Alan Rickman. Um, and the line was that, I love doggy style. <laughs> I love. And it was like this whole thing about uh, sex. And, and six. Uh, it just, it, it was, I don't know, since you're mentioning David Attenborough. You're like, like the six, right? If you guys haven't heard of Utter Nonsense. You're like the six. It's awesome. We, I actually think we might need the when Sean, when, when we have you nearby again, that we should actually play it on the podcast. Can it you would be have me amazing. nearby? Oh, Ken has nearby? When you come visit California, when eventually. I'm hovering over California, I have a feeling we're gonna be like out in Vegas for his wedding before the next time he comes out to. That's true. And yeah. who knows? Yeah, what are, wait, what is this that you want me to do? Play, play utter, utter nonsense, nonsense with us. Oh, you want to play utter nonsense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as long as you can play utter nonsense while doing cocaine off of a fucking hooker slash stripper's titty, then we're fine. You know, party games. <laughs> you know. Snort the line off the hooker. You all know this game, don't you? Um, where's the artichoke dip? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I did a double feature recently. I went and saw, uh, what did I go see? I went and saw Zootopia and Jungle Book. Oh, interesting. Nice. Keeping it Disney, keeping it I kept animal. It natural, yeah. yeah. I love me some talking animals. Keeping it natural. <laughs> uh, we all went topless. We all went topless. <laughs> and we, we, all, we all grew our thatches out for, for a while. Oh, yeah, but there's thatch. a great part, actually, in Zootopia. Do you call yours Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. <laughs> no, there's this great part, and not to give anything away about Zootopia, but there's a scene where they go into this like uh, like Buddhist retreat neighborhood. Oh, yeah, that was great. And all the animals animals are naked quote unquote where they're oh just not gosh. wearing like human clothes they're just in their natural fur <laughs> and like the uh, main characters are just absolutely appalled because there's all <laughs> these like action shots of them like bending over it's like a <laughs> nudist colony for oh animals my God. and it was hilarious because, yeah Zootopia's whole shtick is that everyone is a he- like humanoid or, or yeah it's, it's basically so animals have become civilized right and they can wear blue jeans and exactly. talk on cell phones though not, of them, not a lot of them rock pants but no. from the waist up <laughs> It's a big deal. Yeah, what's so. up with that? Uh, what's up with that? I don't know. What's, what's up well, with that? What's up? We cannot. What's up? We cannot forget the legacy that Donald Duck started. Nope. Yes, so, Donald Duck in it. Though, never mind the fact that he's the only Disney character who Donald doesn't Duck wear parties. pants. They're bottomless parties. We've all been to him, Brian. Although <laughs> I, I was actually always refer to him as Winnie the Pooh. Oh. No, we're yeah. Poo, yeah. Yeah, or, so, or 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 so as we affectionately call it, no pants o'clock. No pants woo, o'clock. Woo, 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 woo. Or right, yeah, anyway. I just say I'm gonna you know do it like I usually do, because mm. I don't wear pants often. Because okay, so, I'm free, free, free balling. Ball. <laughs> uh, okay, so so Zootopia, you like? I, I, I still Zootopia. haven't seen. I want to see it so bad. Social justice message was really, yeah. really good. I, I heard it was really, really good. powerful. Stuff. Pleasantly surprised at how damn good that movie yeah, was. So it smart. It was so because I thought saw the trailer for it originally. I'm like, ah, this could be really bad. Mm. But then I'm like, but the joke was funny in the teaser trailer. Yeah. There was a whole no, the whole sloth in the DMV, <laughs> which was awesome. Right, yeah. Um, but like the the storyline was actually really really good like, really really good very yeah. almost pixar level good oh yeah yeah i mean I, I just like pixar enough but totally disney and yeah. at the same if that makes any sense um, um all that to say i thought the casting was pretty perfect and on par jason bateman is just uh, fantastic yeah he was I good mean, he was he was nick 
you know, the fox. Like, he is that character. Yeah. Um, and I thought they really played that really well. Um, and just, you know, just the message and how it communicated it to kids. You know, it kind of reminded me of how Inside Out communicated so much to kids in mm-hmm. such a subtle way. Um, I actually went and saw it with some of um, some on a, on a field trip with the kids that I work with right now. Um, and they all really, really enjoyed it. And we were, we were able to have a really good discussion about what it means to be, you know, to feel uh, unequal. You know, yeah. what it means to feel like you're being bullied or, mm-hmm. you know, what the, what that process is like. It started a really good conversation. Good. And any animated film that can bring, a, you know, people together like that of all ages, I say, is a success in my book. Nice. So yeah. it just yeah. continued on the Disney legacy, to be honest, you know, bringing families together for a good movie night. Now, so, speaking of Disney legacies, yeah. tell me about Jungle Book. Yeah. Oh, girl. Because this might be the next one I go to see. Girl. Ben Kingsley. Uh-huh. Oh, the voice acting was fucking on par. Oh, yeah. it was so good. If, if Zootopia was good... The Jungle Book was even better. That's awesome. Okay, I- Idris Elba as Shere Khan. Yeah. Oh my god, I peed a little. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking terrifyingly good. How about Christopher Walken as King Louis? Oh my god, perfectly. Okay, here's the thing. They actually brought back some of the songs. Yeah. yeah. So King Louis, he got to do the... Uh, the I want to be like you. Yeah, he got to do I want to be like you, but he did it in his like... Christopher Walken talk song style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's singing, but he can, Walken can sing, <laughs> he though. He can, but he did it more like a Richard, uh, who was, it, like, you know, in Camelot? Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Richard whole, Burton. Richard Burton tar- yeah. started the whole, like, talk song. Uh, Rex Harrison did it before. Rex Harrison and, did it in, in, in My, My Fair, Fair Lady. Lady, too. But I think the way that Christopher Walken did it, he, he, He's not a singer, mm-hmm. but how he played it with the character, I thought it was really seamless. And, and really didn't they do Bare Necessities in it too? They did. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and that was, was uh, that was um, Bill Murray. And how was it? Oh my god, he's so great, so perfect, okay, so perfect as Baloo. And the kid, the kid, mm-hmm. oh Mowgli, I, I I saw flashbacks to the to the cartoon to the to, nice. the to the animated film. This kid is like identical. I mean, how they really just paid homage to that film. Um, while modernizing it and making it exciting, the score to this film, I mean, I was in tears at one point. It was so emotionally just wrenching and just beautiful. So um, clearly far superior than the last time they tried to do a live-action Jungle Book. Yes. Okay, yes, good. that live-action... I was actually thinking about that when mm-hmm. I was watching this. I'm going, oh, God, the 90s were a bad time. <laughs> like, I don't know why and what they did, but this was an absolute return that to That Jason form. Scott yeah. Lee one, though, was more trying to just be the Richard. <laughs> Kipling book. I guess. One of them. Yeah, yeah. One you know, of them. one thing that they did bring into this film that I really appreciated was the law of the jungle. You know, and, and from that was from the original the book. Yeah. Um, and how they incorporated the I guess it was really poetically done, you know, if, if, for lack of a better word. Like, it was just really poetic and really emotional. And um, even though these are talking CGI animals, um, again, Lupita Nyongo, that, that woman can act. And yeah. She plays... Uh, it's in it's in the eyes. Yeah. I mean, let's know? not forget she's a graduate of the Yale School of Drama. It's, like she's got some legit training. Somebody can can really emote through their eyes. Mm-hmm. I think you you I don't know. There's like the, a next level of empathy that you develop with that person. Yeah. And she's just such a, such a like just a good quality of of empathy that she brings to her characters, mm-hmm. and you immediately feel like you you care about them and you want to see their story. You know. You want you want to see them succeed. You root for mm-hmm. for anyone she plays, and um, she played uh, the the mother wolf. I forget the name, but basically like one of Mowgli's protectors, mm-hmm. uh, and how that was like juxtapositioned with Shere Khan, you know. And oh my God, Scarlett Johansson as the snake. Mm-hmm. That was fucking sick. Yeah. Good. That was so cool. There were some really cool sequences in this movie. I Good. really genuinely enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah. Take that, movie reviewers. Fuck yeah, I should have a review Did corner. Did people not like this? Did the critics not like this? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that okay. I like talking about Yeah, no, movies. everybody liked it. Roxy's just getting mad for no reason. <laughs> okay. I'm having one of my um, conniptions, remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, last night, saw another animal movie, uh, Keanu. Oh my god, oh. yes. <laughs> Which is Hawaiian for cool breeze, as I so learned in that movie. Um <laughs> <laughs> so was it basically a comedic version of John Wick? I'm no, so okay, so, oh, no. so no, 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 not at all. So, not at all. So here's the deal: they wrote the script for Keanu and named the cat Keanu before the movie of John Wick was even in the works. Like okay. they wrote this years ago, and they just thought, "Well, that's a really weird coincidence oh, that somebody God. goes on a rampage <laughs> after their dogs die." Like Keanu Reeves' dog's dead. 
versus like this one where you know a guy finds a cat on his porch and it's the most amazing cat in the world he really bonds with it and then somebody steals it and he goes trying and goes on a like kind of an adventure to go get his cat back oh with his cousin and <laughs> it's totally it's like cat. yeah it's well it's a totally like ridiculous like circumstance kind of movie it's absolutely like a, almost almost like a buddy cop style or like buddy action movie kind of thing um there's so much freaking george michael in this <laughs> in this movie it's wonderful um, as in the singer as in the singer he, okay. he himself is not it but i mean there's a uh, I'm not going to ruin it. His songs are featured His prominently. His songs are f- absolutely, <laughs> okay. like, and everything that George Michael is is featured That's prominently in this movie. Love um, it. Love it. Just wham all up in this bitch. It's so, so bloody funny. If you guys are a fan of Key and Peele oh, and you yeah. just want to basically see, like, a two-hour, like, Key and Peele sketch, that's, oh, a bas- that's basically yeah. what it is. And it's, <laughs> I love Key and Peele. Like, like oh, I, was, I was cracking up. Some of the one-liners in it are just... So freaking funny! So, so they're they're in it, right? They're they're primarily they're they're the, they're the they're, two main characters. They're the main yes. characters, yes. right? No, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, for some reason, I thought it was like an animated thing, but no, no, the cat or whatever. What, you know, Roxy? What the fuck? I Did haven't. You not, these ads are everywhere. No, I haven't seen oh much. Of, for some for some reason, I haven't get, no, gotten. No, it's chance. not at all animated. The cat is very much a little kitten. It's just a kitten, right? It's okay. a kitten, <laughs> and it's so goddamn cute. Rag you guys, and a chain. No, no shut only up. only for a little bit, but it's I know. it's it's oh my God. so goddamn cute. No, I'm Sarah, not. No, I'm not even kidding, I'm guys. Serious? You're my first taste of this movie. I yeah. literally have not seen any promotion. Okay, yeah, for no it, joke. So, this is like, like a little like kind of fluffy tabby kitty, oh and God. like there's like moments where the cat just like looks at the camera or like looks at like one of the guys and like has these big eyes, and you're just like. Oh my god, I love this cat. It's so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> so you like kind of get the you actually get the emotional weight of why it's so important to get this kitten back. Um it's but perfect. it's it's so damn funny. Everybody <laughs> needs to go see it like now. All yeah. right. I love that glowing recommendation. Yeah. And if you're if you're drunk and or high, it'll probably just be that much better. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um so I haven't seen anything new uh, since Civil War. Um I really want to see the Jungle Book, so thank you for the re- the recommendation. Do it. Do I will totally see it. Um I me and Vanessa actually have just been kind of like doing a lot of Netflix and chill lately just because oh. we've had some... Oh, uh, so you've been yeah. fucking... Yeah, that's no. what Netflix and yeah. chill means. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. When you say that you're going to stay home just to Netflix and chill means you're staying home What you fuck. really yeah. meant to say yeah. was, yeah. I have yeah. been entering Vanessa violently. <laughs> I mean, there was a reason you well, asked this last I mean, time. Have after we started the episode of The Unbreakable <laughs> so Kitty Schmidt. So <laughs> what you actually mean to say is we've been watching movies a lot lately. We've been oh, watching wow. a lot of Netflix lately. Yes. Yeah. How is that um, tennis album What about the chill part? Well, that's none of your goddamn business. Um, oh, sorry, Vanessa. That's a yes. Uh, anyway, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> is it um, hot in here or is it just Brian? I mean, ego it was so we, it was I actually, mean, you know what happens when Brian starts cooking some blue apron? You know? <laughs> oh, oh shit! Oh, oh vapors. shit! The vapors. Yeah, that's what it was. It was blue. It's been basically been blue apron and Netflix. It's been um, blue apron, Netflix, and chill. So blue apron, um, blue apron and Netflix just makes me think of sex with food. It's like nine and a half weeks. So, okay. so uh, this week alone, one day in particular, we had both had just like this really shit day. So we decided just to order pizza instead, um, and we watched The Birdcage. Oh, which I mean, we've talked about it before, but like it's a classic. Mostly just going through and watching, just the the craziness that happens. It's classic farce, but just listening. I love Nathan Lane. When he's talking about, when he's talking to the senator, particularly about the, their views on abortion, it's just like, now I say, kill the mothers. Now I know what you're thinking. <laughs> that will kill the fetus too, but if they're going to do abortion, why don't they let the baby go down with the ship? Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm just like, so fucked. I'm just it. like, so fucked up. I'm just like, it's, but you just, you're laughing. I, I, I remember myself laughing out loud so much. Yeah. Uh, and also the whole, like, what he's trying to teach. When Robin Williams is trying to teach, uh, when uh-huh. Armand is trying to teach Albert how to do the John Wayne walk, and you're like, was that too much? No, that's perfect, but I didn't know John Wayne walked that way. <laughs> um, was oh, You don't man. spread, you smear. Yes, men smear. smear. Um, was great. And then, to, to your point with the Blue Apron, so f- the next night we did full, like, 
because uh, the recipe was a taco recipe. That's when we did that. I made we made homemade margaritas. Ryan, we, we don't really it. care about the Blue Apron thing. We were just making I'm a joke finishing. About it. We care but, more about the boning. I mean, but it was a, it was a theme. It was a theme night because we did yeah. tacos. We did we did margaritas, and, and then, then we did watched, her taco, and then you did her taco. And then we yeah. watched you did tacos, videos. margaritas, and a movie about white guys co-opting Mexican culture. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, a lot of tacos for one night, Ryan. <laughs> That's so a lot of talk. At any, at any rate, um, that, Sorry, and that's that. obviously, we, we talked about three Migos tons of times before. I'm just going to ignore you guys. This and taco analogy is driving home so well, you guys. All oh, the tacos. I'm so happy. All the tacos. Oh, fuck. I'm so I'm loving sorry, this Vanessa. 20 minute intro. Vanessa, I know. Vanessa, I'm sorry. No. I love you. Uh, Sean. Um, are you apologizing for the chill part or the Netflix part? I'm apologizing for accidentally, you know, just like comparing her vagina to a taco. Yep. What did he do that? <laughs> Think though? outside. I, the did you just put words in my mouth? Because <laughs> they taste quite bitter. I was something I must went say. in your mouth that night. <laughs> Ayo. Wait, what tasted quite bitter? Which part's bitter? <laughs> the words. The words. <laughs> I was like, "What tastes bitter, there, Brian? <laughs> what tastes?" We're trying we to have words just ganged up on you, Brian, and so I'd like to how? apologize on behalf of all three of us. No, you fucking wouldn't. You're I know, I don't. Liar. I love it. Continue. <laughs> how how is Three Amigos though? I mean, isn't it just the fucking? Guess? It's it's awesome. It's obviously a perennial <laughs> movie. It's Sean a perennial. We, like wait, what orchid. does that even mean? <laughs> it's just one you can watch over and over again oh. throughout the years, and it has been for through Sean and I's childhood all the way up to now. Oh. Um, Our childhood just, ended tomorrow, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So it's just it's it was just, what mostly was it's just it was it's fun. It's the movie yeah. is completely ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. I mean, so was our recasting of it. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that actually. <laughs> Louise um, Guzman as. <laughs> Jefe. But I just love the whole. I just kept thinking back to the whole. Jefe was great, and the whole Excuse the whole plethora of things that you know. Plethora. El guapo. I do not have your superior intellect or education, <laughs> but I do maybe think that you are angry at something else, and you might be taking it out on me. I just like that. No, the, the best part when, of that movie is. Well, El guapo is talking it's about. It's a sweater. This is where, yeah. Because they're but in when, the middle uh, of the fucking desert. But the, the, I love just love the bit when El guapo is saying no. You, Jefe, you do not understand women. <laughs> you have to let a, a woman's flower open for you. When do you think Carmen's flower will open for you? Tonight. Or I will kill her. <laughs> I'm just like... I'm just, it's, it's, I love those dry jokes that are in there. So, um... Anyway. Yes. Dry Sean. jokes, but not dry tacos. Sean, I what do have you doing? We have time for me. All right. Yes, Sean, go. We always have time for you. Long intro. So, in, in saving money for my wedding... I have only seen Civil War twice instead You've of You've been doing a lot of Netflix and, and chill? Else. I should have rethought that. Just kidding. I want to see it again. I'm going to see it again. <laughs> have, you and Ka- have you and Katie been Netflixing and chilling? No, 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 no. We have been starsing. So no, they've, stars they've and been, encore been, merged, if anybody They've been realize. starsing and rim jumping. Oh, did, did they really merge? Starsing and fisting. Starsing and fisting an American story is what we're going to call it. <laughs> and it's better so than HBO I like to turn and on stars and just start watching a movie and just let the channel sometimes just take me on its journey. Stars is pretty awesome. Yeah, yes. I've done that before yeah. with HBO. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I sit there and I'm like, ooh, terms of endearment. This <laughs> won't ruin my day. So I watch that. <laughs> done. <laughs> and it ruined my day. And then I was it like, oh, hopefully something uplifting is coming on later. <laughs> misery yes misery with Kathy Bates wrecking ankles and fucking just obsessed with authors and reading books <laughs> yeah so then I realized I'm watching Star's Depression it's a new so since Star's and <laughs> have merged they have well it, it was called Star's Depression at first now they just call it um, Star's Zoloft and <laughs> people that have to take Zoloft it's a really good you know, cathartic station for them to <laughs> It must be. It must be. I have the uh, Stars Network on uh, the the Stars Go channel or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, where they combined yeah. Encore with Stars. Some of the original programming. It's called Stars Inside You. Yeah, and you can actually get that with Amazon. Uh, sorry, not to like make a, an advertisement yeah. for Amazon Instant Video, but you can you can add that on if you've got Amazon. You can nice. add, add a subscription on to that without the having thing to. Thing on Stars that I loved um, was their limited series called Flesh and Bone. Mm, I heard that was really good. Yeah. Mm. Did you ever watch it, Sean? No, I heard Check marginal things. Do it. No. Mixed it's fucking brilliant. And then they have this new show called The Girlfriend Experience with uh, Riley Keough. Oh, God, it's oh. awesome. 
I know, right? So yeah, and Star Wars making Outlander. its way. Outlander. Season two is not impressing me, to be honest with you. Well, though. it's a slow burn. It never like, does, does it? No I like season the impressive. I like the political intrigue. You gonna what? What? I like the political intrigue. Eh. Also, we just did like because of where they are in that show. Mm. I we just did a, a Nerds on History episode about on the Jacobite about Ooh, the shit, Jacobites. Really? Yeah, yeah, where we talk oh. about how they got to that point, and I even yes. do a little shout out a bit. Like, Wait. if you're watching Outlander, this is where they are right now. Wait, I am yeah. checking that out. Roxy, are you rejecting the Gobbledong? Never, never. Do not reject Only the Gobbledong. I'm, I'm, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I am a forever Gobbledonger. Um, gobbler of the dong. I will always gobble. <laughs> but I will say this. Please Do don't hear that, say gentlemen. It like that. No, it's really funny when she says it like that. So yeah. go on. Can you continue gone dong gobbling? It has two meanings. Both true. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Season two just is not, I don't know, it's too slow of a burn, Sarah. You know oh, I feel? I like you know, it. You know, I'm just waiting for it to... Uh, 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 uh. So yeah. you're saying you want her to make things faster? I want her to gobble I can't make her a, I can't no, they don't have, the Basically what further. she's saying is there's not enough sex that's going on not right enough, now. Not enough hanky-panky. Watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> they really oh, oh, all I we do, Brian, is once, just once mention uh, something about you violently railing your girlfriend and all of a sudden you can't <laughs> stop thinking about sex. <laughs> Seriously, Brian, control yourself. Seriously. And so you know what, guys, on that note. Vanessa, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Noberry. I'm newly single. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean Moriarty, ruiner of worlds. Um, and this name, is Brian? actually an intervention about Brian, Brian, Brian being a sex and porn addict. Um, <laughs> My name is Brian Moriarty. Hello, I'm and I don't have a problem, but I have really shitty friends. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ruth. <laughs> we should um, make this a show. Nerds on... Brian's problems. <laughs> Nerds on the That's a show <laughs> I would love to do. We're expanding, right? Nerds on words. Nerds on Brian's nightmares. We'll just be like, just recordings of us showing you alien footage. I will say, I gotta say, a little bit of growth. Oh. MPM had their picture. What kind for of growth? They, for the for uh, aliens versus predator, and they had the predalien, like the the mm. baby predalien. Yeah. Was not really that scared. Good job, Maybe Brian. it's the pincers. Pepper Maybe the pincers. Does Pepper in a weird. little vagina face, and Brian's fine because of but yeah, at the yeah, same right, time exactly. he's a vagina. But yet, he's fine. But then, yeah, then again, I also saw an Animaniacs episode that has Xenomorph in it, and I pissed my pants. So uh, you know, well, one you step forward, some, two steps back. So you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, what are we talking about today, aside from Brian's uh, sex addiction? I don't know. What are we talking about? We can talk about some <laughs> other movies that have a lot of sex in them. Um, and they happen to be directed by a really prolific director who goes by the name of Ang Lee. Oh. Yeah, it's that was Ang Lee. Um, Ang Lee, Ang Lee. Yeah, it's probably better to be pronouncing Ang Lee. You're right. So. I'm just yeah. going to call him Lee. I thought this all episode right. was about Jackie Chan. They <laughs> <laughs> oh, all look the same. No. Wow. Akbar, 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 Sean. Akbar. I had to get an Akbar in. We hadn't done it in a while. That was Seriously. for everyone. I, I need to make a genuine apology to our audience. I have over. I have been the one who was over sexualizing this show recently. Not Sean, which is really saying something. Uh, no, Brian. <laughs> who flipped your switch? Yeah. Vanessa. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, alien about... sex. So, if we had seen the Hulk fuck a genetically modified poodle rather than just smash it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he make the Hulk? If oh, he... for his son. Oh, for his son. Oh, it was absolutely for his son. Yeah, his okay. son was a big fan he, of Hulk. His son w was raised very well, and he wanted to show him what disappointment looked like. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it, it was pretty the movie, the movie was made 10 years too early because the current Hulk, totally awesome Hulk, uh, Amadeus Cho, he's like the first, he's like, he's Asian. He's like this Asian teenager who turns into the Hulk now. And it's I like, think he was... Asian. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a callback from two episodes ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the fact that on this show we get to talk a lot about, you know, films from all over the world and directors of all races and creeds and genders and everything. You know, mm -hmm. we're pretty, pretty. We we cover all our bases. We're trying to at least. Yeah, yeah, man, we're making a concerted effort. I think, and I I think Ang Lee is no exception. That he has a sort of cornered the market on being, you know, a, a POC um, in, in the entertainment industry who's highly successful and sort of forged mm -hmm. a path for a lot of um, directors to, you know, look at both markets, not only, you know, the Asian cinema market, but also the American, you know, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah he does. The he two does biggest pretty... markets on Earth. 
Right. Yeah, and I think he really is um, pretty conscientious of of his culture and of his tradition and when he is storytelling. And so that's that's yeah. really amazing to see. And the fact that he was able to do, um, you know, Crouching Tiger and really bring that whole, you know, kind of martial arts film. And even, I mean, even if you look at this, just the cinema, especially in the earliest scenes in the cinema of that movie, it feels like... And, old like 70s martial arts yeah. film and and I kind of was going for me. and kind yeah. of like pulling that style in and really making it palatable for an american audience i think was really yeah. true at the same time i think he elevates it he yeah. really does because if you look at movies like um you know the flying that was it, the man house of flying, flying daggers thank you house of flying daggers and also well house of flying daggers is awesome too but what i mean to say is that there's like there's a fine line there's a lot of movies that are in that wuxia genre um, that are really great, but they're also really hokey. Like the sequel to mm-hmm. Crouch, Dagger, Hidden Dragon. So oh, is, it just is came a out lot, this year. Yeah, yeah, is a lot like 70% of that genre, and yet Ang Lee elevated it yeah, sure. to a point where like, you can get a movie like House of Flying Daggers and just mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, this is yeah. both story and spectacle, and it's just working side by side, and I'm just I'm amazed at how good it is. Um, Brian, yeah. you had the soundtrack to that movie, didn't you? I still have the soundtrack That's to awesome. it. Yeah, awesome. do you listen to that to like get peaceful? Yo Yo Ma. But yes, and Yo Yo Ma doing the. Um, you just want to go like flying. It's, it's you your pre violent yeah. railing music, isn't it? <laughs> I, uh, when I, I first so. saw that movie, I was so stunned that it became my favorite film for, for wow. several years. Um, because it was able to blend solid storytelling, solid cinematography, really, really amazing choreography, um, like all together in one, and mysticism too. Like yeah. I thought that was, that was all. Yeah, done I mean, so like well. it basically kind of feels like a like a Chinese fairy tale or fantasy yep. kind of. Well done, too. so well done. It it, it it brought those types of films back into the mainstream because yeah. it was an original, just mm-hmm. homage film to mm-hmm. that style, right? Yeah. But it became a cultural icon. Absolutely, you know, everyone mm-hmm. wanted to like. Well, it won like hell Oscars too. Yeah, so, you know. dude. So it's interesting because it got nominated. He got nominated for best director. Yeah. It got nominated for best foreign film and for best picture. Mm-hmm. And it won foreign. Film. It won foreign film, which is usually its way of saying, "Look, we want to honor the film, but we want to give yeah. best picture to something yeah. somebody yeah, else." Yeah, yeah. We so, want to give um, the best picture to white people. <laughs> <laughs> and then the classically beautiful and wonderful Michelle Yeoh. I mean, who doesn't age apparently? She's, she's fucking she's immortal. So, oh my god. Yeah. Then Chow Yun Fat. What's up? With Bloom, with, it's Bloom, a mystical is... Bond girl power. Once yeah. you become a Bond girl, you just stay pretty forever. Here's how right. badass she is. She yeah. tore her ACL in that movie oh, during what? one of the fight scenes, and she had to take a she had to take like a four to six week recovery. Oh. So they built her a special knee brace oh my God. into her costume so she could like at least walk around and stuff. But she didn't do any fighting for like four to. They shot all like her non fighting stuff in, mm-hmm. the, in the meantime. Oh, wow. But like she pulled through and like just like. God damn! If that were me, I'd just be like, I'd be in a bed with like in traction, yeah. even though it wasn't necessary. I'd just be in traction anyway, just like yeah. I mean, lazy. Arguably one of the greatest female heroines in cinema. Oh, sure, time. yeah, totally. You know, I mean. And she, her, her own like Hong Kong series of films is just yeah. like fantastic. Yeah. Like it's and some of them are, are schlocky too, but like eh. she's always a good, uh, the best part of them. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing about like Asian cinema and like that whole industry is they they make superstars out of people mm-hmm. they make them fast huge yeah. right yeah. so it's it, it's it's amazing to me how they can kind of like be not only just asian superstars but like worldly like mm-hmm. cinematic you know sure. stars like i mean chai yun fat for one i mean mm-hmm. the man has like a huge prolific career both in you know hollywood as well as you know yeah. in the world yeah uh and and in that sense i think this film really like captured the best of both worlds and mm-hmm. i think that's why yeah. it was so easily like marketable to Hollywood and yeah. to you yeah. know American viewers and how everyone really enjoyed it. What's really interesting is that that movie was actually Chow Yun Fat's first martial arts film. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, he had done tons He's of like John Woo gun kata movies, crime gun kata yeah. movies exactly. Yeah, but um, He's so fucking great. The yeah. chemistry was so good. And he was like, and he apparently trained his ass off to get to oh, the because yeah. that was all, pretty much all him yeah. in yeah. that movie that you saw, and he was. Because mm-hmm. like I was like Chinese fencing is a thing I want to learn it because yeah, it was like so, yeah, so he went awesome. From yeah. Chow Yun Fat to Chow Yun in pretty good shape, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that like the like the the fighting in this was just so bloody fast yeah. and like yeah. so fast. and that was 
I mean, and that was actually really remarkable. That's why this garnered so much critical praise. Um, you the choreography know. was Yeah, well, Yin Wu like, Ping and, was the guy who did it. Yeah, and like, and the art direction and all that other stuff, like everything that just kind of lent to the way that the movie felt. Right. Um, it just really did make it kind of a, a spectacular, made it spectacular. Um, but I think what we really kind of want to touch on that I, I know the reason why Brian brought up um, Lee as a, as a director to discuss was that he kind of does like a bunch of stuff like he's he, incredibly versatile yeah oh God, yeah so versatile. so versatile and except what i find really interesting is that with the exception of um his first three major films which are kind of known as his father father knows best trilogy mm-hmm. um that were specifically done for a chinese audience everything else that he's done has been an adaptation of a book uh, and uh, correction for the the original trilogy is actually a Taiwanese Taiwanese um, trilogy. Yeah. But you're right; they've mm-hmm. all been adaptations, but they've been damn good adaptations. Oh, damn good, damn good! I like, mean, Pulitzer Prize winning books here. Well, absolutely. You know? I mean, uh, yeah. Brokeback Mountain and Life of Pi are both books that I read while I was in college, and mm-hmm. um, The Snowstorm was a great book. And like, Ice Storm, excuse me. I yeah. like absolutely like fell in love with those stories, yeah. and to see the adaptations of them, they were just so well done and perfectly captured the feeling and the spirit behind uh, what the author was really trying to convey. I think that's something that he that he does really well. And they also yeah. kind of thematically kind of fit the same idea, even Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. and even the Hulk, even though it was terrible. Um, <laughs> well, the Hulk was it, was, it was very much an internalized story, but yeah. the thing is that it was over, over, I think, a little too much. So, but but the idea that the, there's a theme here of repressed, well, just repressed mm-hmm. emotions, not yeah. repressed men and, and crouching tiger. That was a repressed woman well, who yeah. was kind of fighting yeah. her true nature. Repressed men and the fact that he couldn't marry her, though, in the okay. sense that they were both fighting their own desires. Sure, for I, but the there's good. but there's a sense of uh, there's a sense of hidden desire. Duty. There's a mm-hmm. sense of of and having duty. one's true self. Yeah, and you know having to fight. You know, that like Brokeback Mountain being a very clear cut example of kind of having this hidden, hidden identity that you're having to keep close and you really want to let it out, but you can't. Exactly. It ends up destroying you. And and yet there's this through line of there being this sort of uh, silent and disapproving father figure. Sure. And that each time it's a callback to Lee's own experience of Mm -hmm. his own growing up where he hit him and his father. um, They had a pretty contentious relationship that his dad wanted him to be a professor. Yeah. He wanted him to go down a certain career path. Mm -hmm. um, And Lee couldn't. He didn't want to. He wanted to forge his own um, sense of authenticity in his own career, which you know led him towards filmmaking. Yeah. Um, so I think that sort of impetus to want to tell stories mm-hmm. from the perspective of folks who are trying to find out who they are yeah. through the the maze of you know navigating really complex relationships. I mean, right. Look at Sense and Sensibility. You know, I mean that is just like an old uh, classic story as old as time, as far as that goes. You know, it's it's a kind of as old as time. Yeah. It's an Elizabethan era, you know, story about well, it's no, not Elizabethan. Edwardian. Edwardian. Edwardian, thank yeah. you. Um, Jane Austen wasn't Jane Austen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was thinking it was like not Charlotte Bronte, no. No. Um Jane Austen, you know, story as mm-hmm. far as that goes of, you know, hidden desire and, and having to put family first and all that same thing. And you know, right. you, you fast forward hundred couple of years later to the ice storm. Again, hidden desire, yeah. you know, family first. How do you navigate those issues and all of that, those nuances of, of uh, disappointment, heartbreak, sure. betrayal, you know, it, very, very relatable stories, yeah. no matter what era you tell it in. What, what I appreciate about him is that he, he's got this, well, first off, he's got an amazing technical eye for, oh God, yeah. for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But while some directors, their authorship is seen through the structure of the storytelling, very much like how Spielberg tells his yeah. stories. There's a structure to a Spielberg movie that like you see. You see the callback from Act 1 in Act 3 in Absolutely. almost every movie, for example. With him, I think it's very much he he supports the vision of the writer in that if you look at Sense of Sensibility, it's a great example. That movie is just as much Emma Thompson's movie as it is his movie, um, her script and his directing really worked well together, I think. And that says, also, I think that says a lot, too, that also could explain Hulk, is that the script was kind of, eh, um, and, you know, he was executing. He's a great at executing a vision that's already in place. And if the vision isn't great, it 
doesn't end up that, that great, great of a product. That, that is really yeah. interesting to know. And actually, you know, Sense and Sensibility was his first um, English language film that he directed. Right. And he was not used to working with English speaking actors necessarily um, as a director. And so when, when people are kind of responding to his notes, offering their own suggestions and kind of being a little bit more vocal, he was really not used to that. And this is, you know, Emma Thompson's account. She's like, yeah, he really wasn't used to it until when he finally, when everybody kind of started to get into a groove, then it ended up being just a really fun experience. And he's reported to be a really fun director to work with that people really do appreciate his nature yeah um but it took him a long time to get there i mean he he moved uh to the united states in the 70s and he went to the university of illinois first and then he ended up going to um tish in new york and actually he was um fellow students with spike lee nice and helped on the crew of spike lee's like are they related dissertation movie get the (laughs) fuck out of here that's awesome yeah i'm not even kidding (laughs) yeah um and he like worked on like his like Spike Lee's thesis film as like a crew member. Oh, that's so sad. Um, wow. Yeah, even though you know he was he had some struggles being that English wasn't his first language, right. and so communication barriers were a little difficult for him. He ended up like marrying this, um, you know, other uh, Taiwanese woman who uh, she's a molecular biologist. Isn't that fucking cool? It's so cool. Yeah. And so while they were starting their family, I mean. Ang Lee was really unemployed and like was a house husband to her trying to get his work off the ground. And um, he ended up being able to get his start when he got he basically (laughs) submitted two scripts to a Taiwanese um, film competition and his scripts came in first and second. It's funny you bring up that he had a language barrier to cover because to overcome because he's really good, particularly in Brokeback Mountain. Mm -hmm. He's really good at using silence. Mm. There's so much that happens that nothing is ever spoken or it's just music, yeah. you know? And it makes you kind of wonder, like, I wonder if that was his way of compensating. Maybe, but I also feel like there's a lot... I feel like I've seen that a lot in Asian cinema. Yeah. yeah. Um, Much kind, more Yeah, kind of like the same thing that, like, spaghetti westerns end up kind of taking from, like, Kurosawa and stuff like that, where you, like, kind of have the 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 quiet expanse and music yeah. playing over it and kind of, like, kind of you letting the... The scene set itself—it's very Buddhist. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's mm. a lot, like very typical of Asian cinema, and that's because he is very conscientious of where he comes from, yeah. and using that as a source of inspiration. I so. really mm-hmm. recommend people to check out the Father Knows Best trilogy. Yeah, are, that's really good. Yeah, it, it's a really great, I think, combination of both, um, you know, Eastern uh, storytelling mm-hmm. in terms of you know these are Taiwanese stories with you know Taiwanese actors. Um, and yet there are Western influences okay. in the sense that in the first film, you know, it's about um, this character who uh, he's uh, he's gay, mm-hmm. but he's keeping it from his family. And okay. so he has to actually um, arrange for a fake marriage. Oh. Um, and there's so there's like, like basically yeah. universal concepts. And he, but he yeah. mar- he's, he's in love with an American man. OK. So there's like these, you know, the, this sort of like um, bridging the gap kind of uh, interesting narrative, you know, where the disappearance proving father yeah. is trying to compensate for family image you know saving face which is a huge asian culture um mm-hmm. uh, honor pride yeah yeah yeah. yeah. you want to you want to you, you know don't dishonor the family mm-hmm. and it's uh you know thank god for mulan you know that really put that out on the platform <laughs> but it is it's it's a huge um cultural norm you sure. know you do not sure. want to dishonor anybody you have to constantly save face yeah and i thought that ang lee really um the way that he uh, created a story about a family struggling with that concept. You know, in in uh, this was in the early '90s when this film, the first film of the trilogy, came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was just a really cool blend of you know, uh, sort of international storytelling, which is yeah. Ang Lee's specialty. When you see an Ang Lee film, you don't think it's like you know, Asian movie, Asian director, whatever. whatever. No, you think it's just like a. Another Hollywood masterpiece. Yeah, and consistently, he's so consistent. I mean, with he's, the exception of the Hulk, like yeah, that sure. was kind of an about face. And but I mean, like, wait, what? What's but happening? I mean, getting all these Oscar nom yeah. like nominations for Crouching Tiger and then Brokeback Mountain and, and then like for Life of and Pi? winning for Life of Pi or no? Did he? Yeah, he yeah, won. He won for, yeah, Brokeback Mountain is the one that lost to Crash right for Best yeah. Picture. But yeah. he won Best Director for yeah. Life of Pi. Right. 
So just to clarify here, the Father's Knows Best trilogy is Pushing Hands, The Wedding Banquet, and Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, right? I'm talking yes. about The Wedding Banquet for okay. the one about the gay son. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah but those are, that's the Father Knows Best trilogy. Yeah, yeah just yeah. for people who, to know what the films are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he did Sense and Sensibility, and I think uh, The Ice Storm and one other before he goes back yeah. to doing... Um, Lust Caution, I think. Yeah. Lust Caution yeah. came later, but he did yeah. uh, Ride with the Devil in 99. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, Ride with the Devil and Ice Storm both have uh, Tobey Maguire in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A young Tobey Maguire. Uh, I mean, Lust Ice Caution. Storm, Lust yeah. Caution, though, is him kind of returning back to um, the Taiwanese and Chinese movie market. Yeah. Right. And that was a big deal because that is an NC-17 movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. And so, <laughs> Sean perks up. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't get much in the way of release here in the States. <laughs> so it didn't get released much here in the United States because yeah. not a lot of theaters show NC-17 movies. Mm-hmm. And he ended up having to cut portions of the movie out in order to be shown in China. A whole lot of dong. Um, <laughs> which has not changed. Literally. I.e. look at Deadpool. Um, You know, so he had to cut a portion of that movie out, but apparently it had a huge following in Taiwan um, in its full uncut version. So, um, God, he's just done so much for that, like, for that market. And it's like, you don't see race with this, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, And I know we've talked a lot about, you know, trying to be colorblind in Hollywood and it's impossible. It's it well and there's there's at this point it's you have to recognize that, you know, color is, even though as socially created as race is, it is something that does exist and it's something that people do have to live with every day. And we need to hear those voices and we need to see those stories. Yeah. And we need to see the storytelling that people can do, mm-hmm. whether they're doing it from the context of their culture or being very specific to a, a cultural, you know, or to their cultural ethnicity. Right. Or whether they're telling the story of another culture, like two cowboys, you know, it yeah. does like and really just just letting those voices be heard because I mean, all of, brilliant. His, all of his stories are about love in mm-hmm. one form or the other. Yeah. And it's it's universal themes yeah. with universal casts of, of characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Life of Pi, I yeah. mean, it's like, you know, kind of more about a, a boy and a tiger right. and less about like love in the traditional sense. But all of them do have a romantic element to it. Not mm-hmm. not in a, you know, man meets woman falls in love, <sighs> you know, meet cute kind of way, but like an mm-hmm. actual like traditional like romance of like like even using nostalgia as a form yeah. of romance and a sense of longing yeah. being a form of romance. Oh my god. Well yeah, because in a way, like even in Life of Pi, mm-hmm. um Pi becomes very attached to Richard Parker. Richard Parker is named the Tiger, by the, the way, for yeah. those who haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um Go see it right now. Oh god, it's uh, good. But yet nevertheless fully aware that this is a wild animal. And like in that you know, but yet they it is that very interesting story of how these two creatures find each other to get through an incredibly impossible situation to get through, like to survive, mm-hmm. basically. Ignoring mm-hmm. the fact that the tiger would have eaten the boy immediately. Mm-hmm. But well, that's the thing, though. The tiger was a metaphor. The tiger yeah. was a yeah. spiritual representation of his mother's love. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. you had to kind of, you know, suspend your disbelief in such a, like, romantic oh, yes. way. You yeah. Know? In a way, the tiger, I mean, there's very much the fear that the tiger is going to eat him. Yeah. Like, don't. Have you seen the movie, Sean? Nope. Okay. Oh so my god, you should, Sean! You should see it. Yeah, you, you should really see should. it. The, the Spoilers! Fear, the fear is very much present yeah. that oh, the yeah. tiger could eat him at any moment and almost turns on him at a couple of points. But there is almost so much so that Pi is on the opposite side of the, of the boat with him because right. he's afraid of the, of the tiger. But yet, over the course of months of being at sea, like they, they eventually have to kind of... Yeah, it's kind know. of learning the dependence on each other. Exactly. Which is interesting because, I mean, it's a very... I mean, kind of social dependence and all that other stuff is a very primate kind of thing as opposed to a feeline kind of thing. But eventually you kind of learn that they have to work together and it, it right. just works Yeah, but well. the whole film in itself is a metaphor for the immigrant experience. Yeah, when sure. You're, you know, yeah. When you're cast away from your homeland, how do you mm-hmm. survive it with not, without your family? Yeah. Um, and just how they, they really, just Ang Lee, oh my god, that movie's such a fucking visually stunning experience. Oh, I mm-hmm. mean, it's... Oh god, it's I mean, being Credit so... Credit to the artist, too, because that movie yes. was filmed in, like, a blue box, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. The, the, the CGI and how they, they really managed all of that was just absolutely incredible. And the tiger looks... Yeah. 
real. Like, oh, it's, yeah. there are points where I couldn't tell when they used a tiger and when they used CGI. I it know. was that good. So fucking good. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty... It was, I feel like yeah. Life of Pi was probably the pinnacle of his career, if not for Brokeback Mountain. If I think those two are probably the best of his... Well, and I mean, he's still got more. more he's still got on. more! I know. That's so fucking great! Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, taking... And, like, not to forget, Taking Woodstock was also a really good movie. Another I, adaptation. Oh, yeah. I had problems with Taking Woodstock. Um, I felt like You had problems just, with Civil War, too, Roxy. We're not going to sit here and listen up. to this. Pacing of <laughs> taking Woodstock was too long. That's my only umbrage. Really? With it. Okay. No, yeah, okay. I thought the pacing was too long. That's all, I Sean. <laughs> I thought it was just too drawn out. But at the same time, again, you know, the story about um, one person's relationship within to themselves as well as to society at greater, you know, greater lengths. Uh, lots of beautiful metaphors. Lots of spiritual messages. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, and then uh, you you don't. That's the funny thing about Ang Lee. Like, I love that we're talking about him because I'm always pleasantly surprised by him. Yeah. Like, you can never expect what he's going to make. Hmm. You know? You can never, like, pinpoint him as a certain type of director. Hmm. Or uh, you can't shoehorn this guy. He really transcends barriers and just makes art. Yeah. He just makes damn good film. Mm-hmm. You know? He's very consistent. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to stick to it, even with Hulk. Because <laughs> hmm. at least it was entertaining. You know, at least it started a conversation about... Yeah. If you take the whole, yeah, if you take the whole Hulk aspect out of it, and that's just a movie about a dude who is, you know, has shady memories of thinking that his dad tried to kill his mom when he really tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. You just expand on that story and then just have the monster father without all of the superhero things. That movie would have been awesome. <laughs> you it's just now you right? can't have like try to please comic book fans and be a comic book movie and also do that the way that he did that and expect mm-hmm. it to be successful. Yeah, though I will say that I loved the the cinematography of the split panel, mm. like really trying to recreate the comic books. From yep. that, that was very yeah. that that ha- popped up in a couple movies around that time. Phone Booth utilized that too. And uh, that movie nice. came out around the same year. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was very cool. I was like, oh, cool. So he's the first director to, to dare to actually like recreate the panel structure of, <laughs> of a comic book page yeah. on yeah. film in an artistic way uh, that didn't that was more subtle and like not in your face. Like I thought that was actually very very cool. Again, yeah. amazing visuals. Um, so fair enough, fair enough. I'm looking forward to seeing what the man delivers in the future because oh God, yes. he's obviously a very talented individual. He just, he just keep making movies forever. Yeah, I know he's concerned. had like some some projects that were lined up, delayed, whatever, scrapped. He's working on a film called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk right now. Mm. Another um, adaptation? It seems... I'm looking at it right now. I do find that really interesting that I feel like if you were to ever write a book and you need somebody to adapt it, like try to get Angley. Like, because oh. clearly he does a really good job. And, yeah, you're and, right. It is an adaptation. Yeah, and like, and no joke, like every, if you look at every Ooh. single one of these movies that's been an adaptation, they do not look the same. No, they don't. At all. They all have their own distinct Dude. voices, their yep. own distinct visuals. Like, yeah. there's something that he can pick up on what an author is really trying oh, to show. Yeah. And it's. All of his films stand alone. Yeah. They're their own movies. They it's don't have the so same interesting. style. It's so interesting. So Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk is uh-huh. coming out this November. Okay. Um, it stars Garrett Hedlund. <laughs> yes. Who is he? Uh, Garrett Hedlund. Uh, he, he was, was the. Uh, he was Friday Night Lights. He was the. He, um, was, um, he was. I didn't watch that show. He was uh, Finn. No, the movie. The he movie. was. Uh, oh. He was in Tron Legacy. He yeah, was, uh, he was in the new Tron. Oh. Tron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Blondie. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's gorgeous. Um, okay. Uh, he was Chris, also Hook in yeah, Pan. Yeah. Yeah. He was Hook. Um, he was. Um, What's uh, uh, Tim McGraw's son in uh, uh, Friday Night Lights? That's right. Mm. Yeah, so he was really troubled, and oh my god, he's gorgeous. Uh, Kristen Stewart's actually going to be in this one, too. Oh, Um, interesting. Vin Diesel, Steve Martin, Chris Tucker. Steve Martin. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why were all those names, like the third, fourth, (laughs) and fifth names? I don't know. It seems like a good ensemble You name three people we don't know, and then you're like, and Vin Diesel, Steve Martin, The Rock, (laughs) and... John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I started that. By the way, I want to keep that going. John Cena needs to be in this podcast more often. Um, He's pretty. I and after Trainwreck, I love John Cena. <laughs> He's the best. We should do a John Cena episode. <laughs> I will enter you. <laughs> oh, protein powder. Yeah. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> 
So it sounds like this is going to be an interesting film, something to do with, um, I, I don't see a synopsis right now. Um, it's an American war drama film, apparently. Okay. So yeah. coming out soon. Interesting. Um, and uh, he, what else? I cannot imagine there? seeing Vin Diesel and Steve Martin in the same movie. I know, right? At all. Like, I'm... <laughs> Talk about... I'm about trying place. to imagine this, and yeah. I'm having a very hard time. I'm having a hard time And also, and then bogging it down with Kristen Stewart. I'm just not... God. No, she... Ever since uh, Clouds of Sils Maria, I think her career is taking a better... Okay, upswing. I didn't see that one. It's a really good French film. Uh, Juliette Binoche. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won, like, a bunch of, like, French Oscars. And, right. And I actually recently checked it out. Uh-huh. Really enjoyed it. Is it on Netflix, or...? Uh, no, it's on Showtime. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Kristen Stewart, she she's going back to indie okay. films, okay. which I think are her total niche. Sure, um, she's not. I just good want to see more star. from her. Yeah, no, I agree, but I think she also knows that she's not a character actor and she mm. doesn't really have range. So gotcha. Kristen Stewart playing Kristen Stewart, it, she's more successful in that sense. Okay, because um, if you ever saw Speak, uh, which is the first film she ever really uh, was was that the. She that's the first film she ever carried. Okay, um, she was like thirteen. Oh, okay. Um, it's an adaptation of a really. Was good that before uh, Panic Room? Uh, no, it was right after Panic Room. Right so after Panic she Room. Did, she did. Panic she was Room good in Panic then, Room as a kid who, yeah. you know, yeah. played. Panic. She, she was still a kid in Speak, so Speak was Panicked. kind of like her. Panic. Yeah. <laughs> when I talk about Kristen Stewart, I always kind of mention Speak and Panic Room uh-huh. and, uh, and Into the Wild and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, because no mentions of Snow White or any Huntsman, though. No mentions nope. of any major films. More talking about indie dramas. Sure. She, that's more her thing. But even when she did yep. that one about. Um, yeah. God, one. the fuck was that movie? I'm like having a, the one catch that, that kid. <laughs> no, the the one about the band. God, I'm having such a hard time. Oh, Adventure oh uh, or... no, I know this. Ch- Cherry Runaways. Bomb. Yes, yeah. thank you. The Runaways. Yeah. God damn it! I was it's like Cherry Joan Bomb. Jet and um, yeah, Joan Jet. Yeah, yeah, and I just was not a fan no, of her pr- presentation. Character. That I was like, yeah. what are you doing? I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's got this whole badass thing. But enough yeah. about Kristen Stewart. Let's talk more about. Lee, you know, let's get back to him. Yeah, uh, I, I, like we were great. saying though, he's he is extremely versatile, and I don't. I wonder if he'll ever do an original screenplay again, or something too. that's not an adaptation. Like if somebody gives him a script yeah. and and it just has enough in it, yeah. um, for it to stand on its own, or if he kind of, I, I mean, not to say that it's like bad to like kind of need that inspiration from a book right. or whatever. Or maybe he's just really freaking good at. It. He well, found his niche. Maybe yeah, you're right. Maybe that is his niche in that sense that you know, you, you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's true. You if it ain't broke back, don't fix it. <laughs> oh, I shit. Episode yet. title. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's just that I, I adore him. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore him. I'm really glad we got to talk about him. So what do you think is your favorite of his movies? Um, favorite of his movies. Can I do top three? Sure. Uh, so Crouching Tiger, uh, Ice Storm, and... Um, Life of Pi. Okay. Yeah. Sean, what about you? The ones that you've seen? I honestly think that Crouching Tiger is my favorite Ang Lee movie. And Mm. shortly followed by Brokeback Mountain, because Brokeback Mountain's an amazing story. I can't watch that movie. It makes me too emotional. Uh, I'm going to agree with Sean. Yeah, I know. I've only watched it three times ever, because it made me so emotional, too. It's just like Heath Ledger. That's right, people. I have a soul. (laughs) Bet you didn't know that shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think for me... I'm kind of torn between Crouching, Ti- Crouching Tiger, um, now that I've seen it. Um, I hadn't seen it before researching yeah. this, and I was like, holy crap, I've been missing this my entire freaking life. Yeah, and cinematic. Um, and then uh, probably Life of Pi, actually. Nice, yeah. Just because I think it captured so much that that book had. Yeah. And it was such a spectacular book. Yeah, Brian? Like I said, I agree with Sean. It's, yeah. it's the tie between... Crouching Tiger and Brokeback Mountain. So, Sean, you like Brokeback because it's got, like, romantic barebacking. Is that your thing? Yep. It's dudes <laughs> fucking. Honestly, that's, like, the number one thing I look for. Dudes fucking. Dude, I go see all these dudes 20, fucking and 21, crying. 22. Apparently, there's going to be a 23 <laughs> jump street. And nobody's fucking anybody in those movies. Oh, yeah, it's Fat Jonah Hill oh, crawl his ass up on pretty-ass Channing Tatum and ride those ads into the sunset. But no. <laughs> Ainley's <laughs> the only guy who delivers me dude fucking. <laughs> I wanted to give you that on a silver platter because no, I mean that's a really amazing story it. and it's a terror. <laughs> it's really sad 
And is emotional it. isolation a way of describing that? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like, like every man, every man is his own island, kind of thing. I am well, an yeah. island of emotion. <laughs> and then also, but like, not even just that. Like the, the emotional isolation of these two guys, but then also what their wives are dealing yeah. with. Yeah, oh my god, Anne Hathaway yes. was such a bitch. Anne Hathaway, <laughs> and you know, and the Michelle struggle that Michelle herself. Williams goes through. Yeah, they were just. She got great tits in that movie, by the way. Anne Hathaway. She has yeah. great tits in every um, movie, Roxy. <laughs> I wouldn't know, Sean. But I just I just felt like they both really like all all four of those main characters just really captured something yeah. special. Yeah. It was yeah. just a really good moment. Yeah, I cinema. mean, if anything, they were like different archetypes of the human like mm-hmm. experience when someone is really wow, suffering. Yeah. You yeah. know, different like stages of grief almost. Sure. Um and God, that final scene of Ennis with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's just trying to face her and trying Stop to it. like, Stop trying it. To just... oh god, oh god, well, I just I got yeah, keep her, keep her shit together. Well, not just that, but oh. I think just the when after she's gone and he <laughs> ah, he, has, he has he has his he has Ennis's shirt. Yeah, and Ennis, I swear to God, like Wasn't that. that uh, Kate Mara, the actress. I think it might have been yeah, early Kate Mara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, like really young. Oh. Uh, I had to take my headphones off because you were going to make me cry. Keep your yeah, shit so together. I missed the last like 30 seconds. <laughs> she just like I mean, out. with what felt like, I mean, I think what he really captured with Brokeback Mountain and like their kind of relationship development in the very beginning of like just kind of being out there and then almost very abruptly you know, yeah. consummating their relationship was like, mm-hmm. whoa, like what just happened? It was yeah. like, it yeah. was so... It was impulsive. It was impulsive. It was yeah. startling. Um, and it really kind of, I think you felt along, like as an audience, which, you know, a lot of people going to see Brokeback Mountain are probably a fairly progressive crowd anyway, mm-hmm. like being a, yeah. pr- a progressive audience going, but seeing and getting the feeling of the shock that these guys are probably feeling being like two conservative dudes on their own. Yeah. Like... And you yeah. get that. I mean, there's something to be said about like <laughs> the sex scenes that mm-hmm. Amy directs. Um, they definitely have their own sort of like uh, abruptness. Yeah, like in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I... where like they're kind of like wrestling around, and then all of a sudden they're doing it. I'm like, okay, well, well that's a little rapey. You're like, that's surprise sex. No, that is surprise. <laughs> Fucking cowboy sex. Don't you know anything? <laughs> I live in Colorado now, so I know about these things now. Oh, okay. So that's Ang Lee's niche, right? Cowboy sex? I guess Surprise, so. rough cowboy sex. Much like the way Brian rails violently, but <laughs> with a cowboy hat on can we, and fuck. with cowboy Guys, boots on. Vanessa's, I, Vanessa's brother listens to this podcast. Can we yeah, tone yeah, it down, yeah. please? No, no, just... no, we can't. I'm sorry. We're not talking about your current status of things, Brian. We're talking about you in in general. Brian, we said violent railing earlier, so like <laughs> naturally the laws of comedy dictate that I'm going to bring it back two or three times. Much like a so Spielbergian a... film, <laughs> where we have the reference in Act Spiel- One and we bring it back in, in Act late Three. August. Uh, a I am so sorry. Posthumously. <laughs> I, I, I I might be single by the end of this night. There's no misimilitude of the Spielbergian. I mean, Vanessa has a sense of humor. I think. Yeah, she's yes, one of yes, the best fans So does her there. brother. Well, all that to say, uh, Angli, we love you, and we want to see more of you. You have he doesn't really have the big of a filmography, you guys. No, but no, it's but... small but mighty yes. filmography. Yeah, and we'll see plenty of him. Going forward, and he does a lot of producing and other stuff as well. So he's he's very supportive in the film so industry. Prolific. So, let's get some feedback, huh? Do it. Listener feedback. Yeah. So one I did want to say right off the bat was uh, Bill from Facebook. Bill, Bill. He Bill. mentioned he, well, he had a great line. He said, "So look, I'm like six foot, three hundred pounds, <laughs> over fifty tattoos, and you mentioned." Stan Lee dying in one of your episodes, and I'm crying at my desk. It's ruining my image. Oh. I was just like, well, well Bill. Well, it didn't actually happen. Well, I saw Bill, I said nobody fucking say it. So, Bill, <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, maybe if you weren't just such a fucking wuss, um, you know, I then you wouldn't ruin your image. But, you know, we love you, and thank you for sharing, sharing your feedback. Brian, that us. was that insult was so, it was like, you fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian, that I, insult was pretty flashy. We, we ain't but gonna get I'm fooled. Sorry. Again. Just 
Just be like, no, don't, don't such a bitch. And no, you know no, what? I no, say, no, because that's funnier. And no, I, I say thank you so much for sharing your emotions with us. <laughs> I, I, we will all be balls of teary messes when I've Stanley dies. I've been targeted so much, so I'm lashing out. And because I'm sorry, you know Bill. what? We've been talking a lot in this this episode about repressed men. Yeah. So it's refreshing. Ryan. <laughs> Shut up. It's refreshing <laughs> in cinema yeah. um, to, to hear about a man who is so <laughs> open about his feelings. I about his love for Stan Lee, and that's yeah. totally okay. If, if Stan this Lee makes a you beklempt, we will support you yep. in that expression. Yep. You go, girl. Yep. You, you you cry those tears. Yep. Yeah. You let those tears out. It's mm-hmm. healthy. Yep. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> Moving along. And Roxy knows all about mental health. Mental I and fucking health. love it. I love it when people cry. I just want to see that shit happen. Give me your tears. <laughs> That's what she says. She collects clients. them in a jar. And on every New Year's Eve, she yeah. pours them into a martini glass and <laughs> sips them <laughs> at the top of the highest Taken, not stirred. <laughs> With an olive and an onion. With an olive and an onion. Yes, exactly. I'm a very You don't have therapist. to put an olive and an onion in there if you force feed olives and onions to the subject. <laughs> Before they cry. It's got a bitter aftertaste, don't it? Well, our other piece of feedback comes from Jasmine. A subject Hi, Jasmine. Movie recommendation and praise. Uh, Hey, nerds. I'm a longtime listener of the podcast, and I love both of the podcasts. Listen to Nerds on History when I want to feel productive and learn, and I listen to Nerds on Film when I want to laugh and be happily horrified at the stuff that comes out of Sean's mouth. (laughs) Yes. Join the club. (laughs) I've been listening since episode 20 of Nerds on History, and I'm amazed to find that I have never heard a dull episode on either podcast. You guys are simply amazing, and I was wondering if you have ever watched Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. It's an amazing short film starring Neil Patrick Harris, Nathan Fillion, and Felicia Day. I recently watched it and remembered how good it was, so I figured I'd want to share it with you lovely people. You guys are the most interesting thing I listen to, and I hope you guys keep up the good work. Sarcastically yours, Jasmine. Uh, I don't know Yeah, um, yeah, none of us have ever heard of that shit, Jasmine. Are you fucking kidding me? Jasmine, no, 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 no. No. I've heard about it through um, our our long-time No, I'm saying we love it. Why would did she think we didn't see it? Yeah, I, I want to clarify. It's yeah. not actually a short film. No, it's an online. It's no. a web series. Yeah. It's three yeah. parts. Um, it's and it was one that Joss Whedon created during the writer's strike several years ago. Yeah. Um, and it really is a fantastic watch. If you guys haven't watched it, um, Gina, do it. Who I was mentioning yeah. is the one who Damn, Gina. <laughs> yeah, damn, Gina actually dressed up as. Uh, Doctor Horrible, nice uh, for Halloween one year. It was That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, best Alan costume. would have been proud. Um, I freaking <laughs> love Nathan Fillion in that <laughs> so much. Where he's like, I'm gonna take her home and give her the hammer, and he walks off, and he comes back, and he's like, By the hammer, I mean my penis. That's like the best line. <laughs> that is the iconic line from yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> no, Proof I don't. Why he should be playing Booster Gold? I yeah. actually feel like yep. the best Which, line is sung, it. and it's the I've got his dry cleaning bill. Four sweater vests. <laughs> I, nice. I actually listen to that soundtrack on the regular in my car. So <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the regs, it's good. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So yes, uh, uh, correction. We've all seen it. And we all love it. Good stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't watched it, shame on you. Go watch it now. Now. Mm-hmm. Now. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. It won't take very long. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually really short. It's like only an hour and a half. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so fucking awesome, you guys. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for giving us the feedback. Much appreciated. Sarah, please tell us, how can our listeners feed the back? Mm. Um, they can do feed so. Feed the back. They can do so by paying a bunch of orphans to deliver messages to us. That's mm. probably the best way of doing it. They're Plus, orphans. You don't have to pay them. Just give them a sandwich. Well, okay. They're not starving they're orphans. Sweet. They're just orphans who don't have a sense of purpose in life. Okay? Most like, orphans like, are starving, like those Sarah, orphans? At least the ones in my masturbatory fantasy. Wait, wait. What? Fan- my <laughs> dreams? What? Or, or your man that's not cake? better. So, uh, this, that's just, not better. Just, just keep quiet. Um, <laughs> I, I will. Okay. Um, I can do your but cake. if it seems to be impractical <laughs> to pay a bunch of orphans to deliver us messages, as it might be depending on where you live, um, you can also just go to nerdonomy.com, click that talk to us button, shoot us an email. Uh, while you happen to be there, if you feel like clicking that donate button and giving us a little bit of cashola to keep click this it. thing going, we'd really appreciate click it. it good. Um, you can also find us on social media, on uh, Facebook, and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, just search for Nerdonomy. You will find us. I promise you that. But the most important thing that you can do is spread the word of nerd like a bird turd. And <laughs> we make good sound effects. <laughs> that was really good. Um, and also just give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever the hell you get your podcasts from. Sean, when you interrupted, I wanted I just wanted so badly to go. Ah! 
Um, also, if you actually, the best, if you guys really just want to. Don't make me get the hose. Don't make me get the hose. Um, if you guys want to just Hello. do us a big, big favor and write Nerdonomy on a bathroom wall somewhere, eventually mail. we will um, have tons of listeners writing that on bathroom walls and we'll take If over you're the a world. gigolo, tattoo Nerdonomy on your cock because apparently a lot of people are going to see it. And then apparently if you keep writing this on bathroom walls, people are going to think there's a gang out there called Nerdonomy who oh, is I like creating that even vandalism. Better. Oh my God. We're I, going we'll to be jail. Like the, we'll be like the next unintentional Banksy. Nerds in prison. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds uh, in prison. That's a fucking show we need. Why isn't that a podcast? Let's it's just like go to orange with the, is the new black, but nerdy and really, really scary. Nerds on larceny. Yeah, right. If there's one thing I know about prison, and if there's one thing I know about Brian Moriarty, is that violent railings have a lot to do with both. So, Brian could be our violent railing correspondent in prison. That's a great center for tonight, isn't it? Anyway, uh, Brian, want to take us out? No. No. I hate you all. Before he says anything more offensive, it is that time. So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. Bye. Violet railings. (laughs) And roll credits. Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. That's a Shuang Peng move. How do you know it? Just improvising. <laughs> <laughs> no.